Good morning, Parkway Church. How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm so glad you're here with us as we're kicking off our new series and how we're branded and marked by Jesus Christ because of our relationship with him. Before I jump into this week's talk, we got to take a look back at last week and a look ahead to next week. Last week, as you remember, was Easter, and you guys brought it. You guys filled up every campus, every location. You guys brought your friends and family. You guys served so that thousands of people could hear about Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your invite and for your coming and for your serving others. Can we give Jesus a a, a celebration for what he did in our midst on Easter? And if you're here today because you were with us on Easter Sunday, we are so glad you're back and look forward to you becoming a part of the Parkway family. Now, as we look to next week, we've got a special week in the life of our church as well. Relationship expert Amy Smalley is going to be here to speak both on Sunday morning and on Sunday night. On Sunday morning, she's going to speak to the church and talk to us about living in new relationships. And then on Sunday night, the ladies of the church are going to gather together, and Amy is going to host an amazing event. And so you want to be a part of both Sunday morning and Sunday night next week. Guys, you're asking, when do we get our chance? When do we get our shot? Well, August 11th, Michael Smalley will be here to speak on Sunday morning, and then he will hang out, and we'll have a great event with the guys on Sunday night on August 11th. So circular calendars, you're not busy yet. You want to be here both for next Sunday, ladies, and then looking ahead in August for Michael Smalley. Can't wait to see what the Lord does in those gatherings. As we kick off this new series, you might need to know who I am. My name is Mike. I'm the senior pastor here. And it is my privilege each and every week to open the Bible with you and to learn and to grow together. And as we start this series, I've just got some questions that require a level of honesty that's not often lived out in church. But at Parkway, we like to be real, and we like to be authentic, and we like to be as honest before each other and the Lord as we can. So you're going to participate across every campus. So how many of you at some point have felt disappointed in how you've acted or behaved? Any point in life, right? Yeah. How many of you would look and go, I've got anger or frustration issues that bubble out of nowhere. I didn't see them coming, and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, what did I do? You ever try and solve a problem by raising your voice? You think yelling is the solution? All right, now, you got a bunch of liars in the room right now. I I know, I know, I know, I know. You ever harsh with people that you're supposed to love? Oh, I can go two hands and two feet on that one. You ever just respond in a way that you go, what in the world am I doing, and why am I doing it? (laughs) We've all been there. In fact, some of you might be at church now because you had a moment this week where you did something and you're like, I I can't do that again. I need to be a better person. Some of you might be at church because you're trying to get better in how you live in your relationships. You're trying to get better in how you live with some habits that are harming your life. You might be at church because you're trying to get better. As we study the book of Galatians together, let me tell you, Jesus didn't come to make you better Jesus came to make you new. Jesus didn't come simply to be a self-improvement tool in your life. He came so that you would be completely new in him, 
completely different, completely changed, completely his. Jesus didn't come so he'd be a part of your self-help mantra to make yourself feel and look and act better. Jesus came because you couldn't help yourself. And he came to give you life eternal and life abundantly with God. And that's what we're going to discover together as we walk through the book of Galatians. Religious behavior can make you nice, but only Jesus can make you new. And that's our pursuit in the coming weeks. Let me tell you about this book that we'll be studying. This book that we're studying is actually a letter written to the church in Galatia. This was a church that Paul planted on his first journey to share the love and message of Christ with people. This letter that Paul wrote to this church that he dearly loved is very angry. He's very upset with them. It's almost like in today's vernacular, this letter would have been all caps, all bold, all underlined. Because he wants them to, to see that they're doing something with their religious behavior that's hurting their relationship with Christ. Instead of tapping into the new relationship that they have with Jesus, they keep circling back to the old rules and law in a pursuit of God that always fails. And so Paul is angry in this letter. And he speaks to them like a dad speaks to a child or a mom speaks to a child and encourages them to live based on their relationship with Christ and how that relationship with Christ empowers us and calls us and shows us how to be completely new. And it's not based on our own strength, but it's based on the strength of the gospel at work in us. Let's jump in. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 29, here's what the Bible says. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now, later today at each campus, we are going to baptize. But this isn't the baptism that Paul was talking about here. Those that have been baptized into Christ, those that have believed in Jesus, have become a part of him. That's the baptism that Paul is speaking of here. If you've believed in Jesus, you've been totally included in him. And you've not only been included in him, but you've been clothed in him. Completely new. Your old clothes were like filthy rags. Your new clothes, you're dressed in his righteousness because you are his kid. You are his son or you are his daughter. And because of that, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ. We are completely new. We aren't known for who we were. We are known for who we are. We're not known based on our race. We're not known simply based on our gender. We're not known based on any category of man. We are known now as his kids. A completely new way of seeing ourselves. A completely new identity in the world around us. And then verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I included that verse because it's a reminder of what we learned in the Old Testament. That when God promised to Abraham that he would make him a great nation, the father of a great nation, and that the blessing of the world would come through his family. Remember, Abraham was old and his wife was barren. And yet God made the promise that you're going to be the father of a great nation. What Paul says here is that if you've believed in Christ, if you've been baptized into Christ, then you have received the promise that God gave to Abraham. I need you to know 
that God always keeps a promise. He never forgets. He never bypasses his word. He always keeps a promise in every area of life. I love the way Craig Grishel puts it, this idea of being new. Follow Christ, not just to get better, but to be a new person. Follow Christ, not just to be better, but to be new. If that's what God is up to in our lives, why don't we feel new sometimes? Because I'm honest, and you are too. We've already shown it as we raise some hands. There are moments in life when this new person does the same old things. There are moments in life when this new person falls back into damaging, hurtful patterns, sinful ways. Why don't we feel new? We don't feel new because of our history, what we've done. We say to people and we say to God, you might not know who I was, but I know myself completely. And we look and we say, because of our history, we can never, ever be new. When I first came to Christ, I truly struggled with this. Because I, I felt like my life was like a garbage can. Like it was shiny and clean on the outside. But on the inside, that garbage can had rotten meat that had been in there for months and years. And it was nasty and needy needed more cleaning than I could ever do on my own. And that history would look and say, I can never be new because look at all that I've done. Some of us look and say, I can never be new because of what somebody's done to us, our hurts. It means we're wounded, we're betrayed. It means that we can't be vulnerable even to God because people can't be trusted. I'm not sure if God can even be trusted. And then maybe it's not our past, but our present that keeps us from feeling new. Our habits, the things that we continue to do that hurt and harm us, the things that we continue to do to replay the old tapes and to replay the old patterns of our former self instead of our new self in Christ. We all struggle. We all sin. But your struggle and your sin does no longer define you. Let me put it in a positive. Your sin and your struggle is not what defines you. Jesus Christ and your identity in him is what and who defines you. You are no longer defined by your failure. You are defined based on an altogether different reality. It's your identity in Christ. As you look at your history and your hurts and your habits, those feelings of of guilt, those feelings maybe even of shame, those feelings maybe of doubt and wonder, can things really be different? Those feelings are all legitimate, but they are not facts. And we build our lives not on our feelings that are so fickle, but instead on the facts of scripture that show us who we are in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do the rest of our time together. Listen to the facts about Jesus and his life for you and his life in you. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, 
born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Fact. God sent Jesus at the perfect time. He was born of a virgin. Her name is Mary. And he sent him at the perfect time to redeem, to pay for all the wrongs of our past, all the wrongs of our present, all the wrongs of our future. He sent her in the perfect time, in the perfect way to adopt us as sons and daughters. That's a fact. And then keep reading Galatians 4, verse 6. Because you are his sons, God sent his, the spirit of his son into your hearts. And the spirit calls out, Abba, Father. To that person who has trouble trusting their earthly father, can I tell you that your heavenly father has given you his spirit and that spirit of Christ calls out to him through you, Daddy God. There is an intimacy available with God because of his son Jesus and because of the spirit living in your life. That is a fact. You might not love, respect, or honor your earthly father, but you can always love, honor, and respect your heavenly father, and cry out to him, Daddy God. I remember when my kids stopped calling me Daddy. They started calling me Dad. That was a heartbreaking season. I've tried to pay them to, so that they might still call me Daddy. They're like, no, dude. <laughs> it's not going to happen. May we never, as Christians, grow to the point where we don't look at our heavenly father and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Because he can be trusted always. He can be depended upon forever. Keep reading Galatians 4, verse 7. It's a fact. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you were God's child, he has also made you an heir. The fact is you were once a slave to your past. You were once a slave to your hurts. You were once a slave to your habits. But you are no longer a slave. You're a child of God. That's a fact. And because you're a child of God, believer in Jesus, not only has he made you his kid, but he's given you some promises of forever, an inheritance that comes walking and living with him. It's a fact. We sing that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Get it. You could insert any issue in that sentence. I'm no longer a slave to alcohol. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to porn. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to anxiety and worry. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to perfectionism. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to anger. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. I am a child of God. This is a fact, friends. It's because you're in Christ. Let's drill it deeper. Let's look at this, fill in the first blank. I'm no longer a slave to my past. I am forgiven. I want you to say that with me. I am forgiven. Everybody now. I am forgiven. Because I am forgiven, I am no longer a slave to my past. Friends, if I thought I was a slave to my past and you thought you were a slave to your past, what benefit is there in following Christ? Because things will never change. But when we know 
that we are no longer a slave to our past because our past has been completely forgiven by Jesus Christ, then we can walk in a completely different future. Listen to this. Galatians 3, verse 13. How did Christ forgive us? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hung on a pole. So how did Jesus redeem us? It's what we celebrated last week with Easter. He died on the cross. He hung on a pole. He took the curse of sin, both the penalty of sin and the power of sin. He took the curse of sin that you and I do, and he took it upon himself so that we could be redeemed, so that we would be forgiven. And this forgiveness of God, what it does is it, it deletes, it erases every generation. It, it whites out. You remember white out? Okay, moving along. Thank you, thank you. Remember, remember white out? You'd make a mistake and then you'd have to cover it up and then you'd try and, and make it look like you didn't make the mistake? Let me tell you, God's grace is better than any tool of trying to cover up our mistakes because he completely forgives us. Completely. Past, present, and future. Second, I'm no longer a slave to my hurts. I am healed. And I want everybody to say that with me, and I want you to say it with a smile. I am healed. Let's do it together. I am healed. Now, some of you didn't smile. But saying that with a smile is, to me, the only way you could say it. Because of what Christ has done for us, he has healed us. Listen to how the Spirit of God brings out the healing life and the life that shows it's healed by Christ. Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Can, can I tell you that in Christ, with that spirit of God at work in you, that spirit of God that calls out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, that in Christ, with that spirit of God at work in your life, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead at work in you, you don't have to respond like you once responded. You can now respond with the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's nine of them. You can now, instead of reacting in your old self, in those sinful ways, the old patterns of the past, you can respond in new ways. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Because God is at work in you. You are no longer defined by your reaction. But instead, you're invited to respond to people, to respond to yourself, to respond to life around you in a new way because the Spirit of God is producing His fruit in you. That's why it's so important that you and I never settle for a fact-filled mind when God desires a Spirit-filled heart in all of His church. We can never settle for the fact of God and ignore the spiritual maturity of actually living what we're learning. But I am healed. And then last one. 
I am no longer a slave to my habits. I am freed. I'm no longer a slave to my habits. Those things that so easily entangle, that sin that so easily entangles. I'm no longer a slave to my habits. I am freed. Let's say it together. I am freed. I am freed. How many times do you need to say it before you believe it? I am freed. I'm no longer chained to those patterns and habits that wreck and ruin my life. I'm no longer a slave. Those habits, those hang-ups in my life, they're no longer my boss because Jesus is my Lord. I am freed from my past. I love it how Paul put it. Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. There's a fact. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are no longer a slave to your habits. Because when Jesus died on that cross, your old self died with him. You've been crucified with Christ. The life you now live isn't the life you were living before. It's now his life, and Christ lives in you. My first student pastor, his name was John. I wasn't raised in the church, and so I didn't know a lot of scripture. Didn't know any scripture. But Galatians 2.20 was his favorite verse. And John couldn't quote it and couldn't read it without crying. Because he knew where his life was found. A year after I believed in Jesus, I got to stand up in front of my high school. That school where I'd gotten in a lot of trouble, I was notorious for that, along with a group of other people. I got to stand up in a gathering of high school students and pick up a cross around my neck that said, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith, and the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. And Christ lives in me. That's the story I got to share. You know why? Because I'm no longer a slave to my past. I'm no longer a slave to my hurts. I'm no longer a slave to my habits. I've got a new identity. And it was found in that cross of Christ. And the one who lives in me and gave his life for me. And can I tell you? What was true about me on that day as an 18-year-old is true about you today. That if you are in Christ, you are no longer a slave. You're a son or a daughter of God. If you are in Christ, you're not just a son or a daughter of God, but God has poured his spirit in you so that you can live your new self instead of the same old ways. Not only has God poured his spirit into you, but you are no longer a slave. He lives in you and he's made you an heir There's great blessing and benefit in learning how to live and follow God with all your life. Friends, the question, this week, are you going to go with the feelings that say, you can never change, things will never be different? 
Are you going to go with the feelings that say it works for other people, but it doesn't work for you? Or are you going to go with the fact that I'm no longer a slave because Christ lives in me? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to open your word and to be challenged today. God, I pray that as we are confronted with the truth, that you would help us live according to it. Lord, I pray for the church, that believers throughout the crossroads gathered at Parkway would, in this moment, claim the truth, hold to the truth, tie their lives to the truth, tether themselves to the truth, that they are no longer slaves to anything or anyone, not their past, not their hurts, not their habits, nothing and no one. We are no longer slaves because we are following and living for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never believed in Jesus, your step is to say yes to God's grace by faith. The passages today clearly presented that Jesus died in our place. They laid him at a tomb and three days later, he was raised again from the dead to prove that he's God and to offer us life. If you've never believed that simple message, I encourage you to make today your day. You can do that by praying to God. You can pray with me. Jesus, today I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior and that you are the Savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life. 